Welcome to this Northern Fire podcast. This is part four of the series, Hearing the Voice of Yeshua. Part four is, The Holy Spirit Enlightens the Scriptures. Before I get into that, let me just encourage you. I've been talking in this series about how salvation, the forgiveness of sins, and eternal life come by grace through faith. And according to Ephesians 2, even faith itself is a gift. Some things that come from heaven to us come based on what Yeshua has done, his life, his death, his resurrection, his current reigning in heaven. And he's given us his Holy Spirit that enables us to receive these blessings from heaven. Other things that come from heaven are conditional. In Hebrews 11.6, it says that Elohim rewards those who diligently seek him. These rewards come from our Father as we seek Him, as we make decisions, as we diligently pursue Him and His life. In John 8, 31, Yeshua said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The first word there is if it's conditional. It requires that we abide in His word to know the truth and be set free. So let me encourage you, you may be hearing these podcasts as I share scriptures and testimonies and other people and encounters with the voice of Yeshua, and you could be saying, well, but I'm still not hearing the voice of the shepherd. First of all, be patient and wait. I shared that in one of the podcasts, the importance of waiting in in faith and believing and trusting. And second of all, uh, make a decision. I am going to be in the scriptures. I am going to diligently seek my Father. That may require you setting aside some things of the world that are hindering your wholehearted devotion to our Father. It may require you setting aside some things that are still sinful or displeasing to our shepherd. In Isaiah 66, 2 through 5, and I'll just paraphrase here, you can look that up for yourself. I believe it's saying that Father has nothing to say. Yeshua has nothing to say to the frivolous person. It says there, Yehovah speaks to the man who trembles at my word. That's a man that takes the word seriously, who will receive the word and do what it says. Not just rejoice that say, okay, the shepherd talked to me. This is a man who's just, a man who's devoted a man who's seeking. So look at Isaiah 66, 2-5, and, and remember, Yeshua has nothing to say to the frivolous person. If you're just going to be frivolous about this, he's not going to speak to you. So part four, the Holy Spirit enlightens the scriptures. The first example of this that I want to give you is in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is recording the day of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles and other disciples in Jerusalem. And they left the upper room and they went out into the streets and preached the gospel. Well, a little while after that, Peter gets up to preach and he quotes Joel chapter 2. Now here's an example of the Holy Spirit enlightening the scriptures to Peter. This has been written in the prophet Joel five to six hundred years earlier. And Peter gets up and he quotes Joel 2. This is Acts 2.17. It shall come to pass in the last days, says Elohim, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. 
Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And he goes on in verse 20. Verse 21 says, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of Jehovah shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words, Yeshua of Nazareth. And Peter goes on to explain that what's happening that day, that moment, is a direct fulfillment of this prophecy in Joel. The Holy Spirit enlightening the scriptures to the apostles at the very beginning of the move of the Holy Spirit in the first century. Well, this also occurred earlier in Matthew 5.21. In fact, throughout chapter 5 of Matthew, we see Yeshua himself filled with the Holy Spirit, enlightening and clarifying the Old Testament scriptures. Let me just give you a couple of these. In Matthew 5.21, Yeshua said this, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder. He's quoting a Bible verse. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, You fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. The Holy Spirit, through Yeshua, is clarifying and enlightening these scriptures. It's not just you shall not murder. It's not just the outward act that's a sin against the Most High. It's a hard attitude. Yeshua is saying here, if you are angry, if you curse, you've already committed murder in your heart, and you're, you're just as guilty as if you commit the act. Then, here in Matthew 5, 27, Yeshua said this, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that, Whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Very similar. The commandment is plain. It deals with the action. But Yeshua is enlightening the scriptures to say, I want you to change your heart attitude. You already commit a sin if you're doing it secretly in your heart. So we see throughout the New Testament the Holy Spirit moving through these men, Yeshua and his apostles, to enlighten the scriptures to the people. And the Holy Spirit is still on the earth today. The Holy Spirit hasn't changed. This whole idea of the kingdom of God hasn't changed. The scriptures are the word of Elohim. And sometimes we don't understand them. Sometimes they have a deeper meaning. And the Holy Spirit is the one that comes to us. And this is the voice of Yeshua, our shepherd. This fits into this series, hearing the voice of Yeshua. He can take a scripture and impress it upon us and explain it to us and give it a deeper meaning. One of the most uh, dramatic times that this happened in my life, I was on a Christian uh, weekend. We call them Carrick's Weekends. They're, uh, they're like a Christian retreat or a workshop and there was a man during one of the sessions who was reading from Luke chapter 7. And I'm going to read this to you and then explain what happened. But what I'm reading here is exactly what the, the man read that day in, in that meeting. Then one of the Pharisees asked Yeshua to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner 
when she knew that Yeshua sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears, and wiped them with her hair, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Yeshua answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So Simon said, Teacher, say it. Yeshua said, There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed five hundred denarii and the other fifty. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And Yeshua said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now after the man finished reading that, the session that we were in uh, ended. But I sat there in that room considering what I, was, what I had just heard. It somehow was impacting me. And as I sat there all alone considering Jesus, Yeshua's encounter with this woman, the Holy Spirit said to me, right in my spirit, Daniel, do you want me to show you who was the most righteous person in the room that day besides Yeshua? And I said, yes, I would like you to show me. So think about this, what the Holy Spirit is saying to me, would you like me to show you the most righteous person in the room that day besides Yeshua? So who was there? Simon, who was the host, he was a Pharisee, and we find from the context that he really isn't trying to honor Yeshua. He's trying to trap Yeshua or trick him. You know, he hasn't provided for the washing of Yeshua's feet. He hasn't anointed Yeshua's head, and he hasn't greeted him with a kiss. Though, if, if Simon was trying to honor Yeshua, he would have done all three of those things. The apostles are there. There are other Pharisees there. And there's Yeshua there. Then there's this woman who is a prostitute, who's a sinner. So the Holy Spirit's saying to me, I want to show you the most righteous person in the room that day. And I said, okay, show me. He says, this woman was the most righteous person in the room that day. And why would the Holy Spirit... We would look at that in the natural and say, that's, that's not true. She's the sinner. These are upstanding men. This is Yeshua, his apostles. These are Pharisees, religious leaders. These are upstanding men. And she's an outcast. She's a sinner. But we can't look at this in the natural. And that's what the Holy Spirit was enlightening to me. Yeshua himself says, This woman has been forgiven much because she loved much. 
There's been a change that's happened in her. She has repented. She has turned to Yeshua in faith. And her faith has saved her. Her faith has made her righteous. It says in the word that Abraham believed Elohim and was accounted to him for righteousness. So I'll never forget that day that I was uh, told by the Holy Spirit himself, besides Yeshua, this woman was the most righteous person in the room. She is newly forgiven. She's newly born again. She's newly cleansed. And by the blood of Yeshua, she is the one who is made righteous. Now I can apply that to myself. I can be the most righteous person in the room. Not because I'm so good. Not because I have all my ducks in a row and and I've been so righteous and done so many good works. I can be the most righteous person in the room because of my faith in Yeshua. My faith in Yeshua, his sacrifice, his blood, his resurrection. And through faith in that, my sins are forgiven. I am saved. I'm made new. I'm made whole. That's been an encouraging word to me. And it came out of the scriptures as it was enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Now, this happened again to me, in fact, just this past week. I was sitting down to breakfast, and when I eat breakfast, I open up the Word and read the Word. And something inside to me said, Melchizedek. And I know that Melchizedek is introduced to us in Genesis 14. So I went there and I read about Melchizedek again. Let me read that to you, Genesis 14, verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of Elohim, Elion, God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of Elion, Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be Elion, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tithe of all. Now, what's going on here? Uh, there are certain men that have come and they've captured Abram's nephew Lot. And they took everything that belonged to Lot. And they've taken them off and to keep their what, they, what they've taken. So Abraham gathers uh, 300 plus of his men and they go out and they defeat these kings and they rescue Lot and they're bringing them back. And as Abraham's coming back from this victory, this military victory, Melchizedek comes and meets Abraham with bread and wine. So these two men have some type of covenant, bread and wine representing a covenant between man and God. And Melchizedek blesses Elohim, the word is Elion in Hebrew, meaning Most High, and Melchizedek blesses Abraham. And Abraham gives Melchizedek a tithe of everything that he's captured, 10%. And as I was thinking about that and reading that, I, I came to realize, I believe through the Holy Spirit, that Abraham, in giving him a tithe, was recognizing recognizing that Melchizedek had a part to play in this victory. There was a military victory. Lot and his family and all that they had was restored and set free from this captivity. This was an important event. And Abraham is saying, Melchizedek, my agreement with you, our partnership. So Melchizedek did something that ensured this victory. 
And I believe what that was is Melchizedek was called the priest of the Most High. Melchizedek was one who blessed Jehovah and blessed men. He Here is an intercessor. Here is a prayer warrior. Melchizedek is fighting in the heavens while Abraham is fighting on the earth. And we see this later when Moses uh, went up on the mountain with Aaron and Hur and Joshua was with the army in the valley. I think it was the Amalekites that had attacked. So as long as Moses was up on the mountain with his arms raised, Joshua and the army in the valley were winning. But when Moses had to put his arms down, Joshua and the army were losing. So Aaron and Hur came alongside and they held up Moses' arms and Joshua won the victory. And we see throughout the scriptures, there's a king who wins a military victory because there are prophets and intercessors praying, winning the victory in the heavenly realms. So the Holy Spirit was showing me this a few days ago. And then as I was eating my breakfast yesterday, the Holy and had my Bible in front of me, the Holy Spirit says to me, Simeon. Well, Simeon, we read about Simeon in Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to read you that in a minute. But just think about Melchizedek for a moment. Melchizedek is a king of Salem, which is Jerusalem, ancient Jerusalem. He's a king, and he's a priest of the Most High. And he's a man of covenant. He comes out with bread and wine. And in Hebrews 4, it actually says, Hebrews 7, it says that Melchizedek was greater than Abraham. It says the greater blesses the lesser. And there's a commentary in Hebrews 7 on that event that I read. Melchizedek is an important person. In fact, Yeshua is called the high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. A high priest in Jerusalem blessing God and blessing men. That's Melchizedek. So yesterday, uh, the Holy Spirit sends me into Luke chapter 2. And this is when Yeshua was born, and his parents brought him the t to the temple to give the sacrifice for his redemption as a firstborn. Luke 2, chapter 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout. Simeon was just, meaning he had faith. The just shall live by faith. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And devout, meaning his actions, his thoughts, his attitudes, we're focused on, on uh, the Most High. Waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Yeshua to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took Yeshua up in his arms, and blessed Elohim, and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at, at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, and said to his mother, and you can read on from there. So what is Simeon doing here? He's dwelling in Jerusalem. He has the Holy Spirit. When Yeshua is brought in, he goes out to meet them. He's blessing Elohim and he's blessing people. 
Simeon is Melchizedek. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that Melchizedek has lived these, these 1,400 years, and it's the same man. And I don't, I don't really believe that he is because he's got a different name. If this was the Melchizedek of Abraham, it would have said so, but it says his name is Simeon. What I believe here is that Simeon has the Melchizedek anointing, the Melchizedek function. And we, we read later there are different men who are called the high priest in Jerusalem. But there, Simeon is functioning as the high priest. I don't, we don't, we're not giving, given his lineage here. We're not given his ancestry. And that's another unique thing because right after we read about Simeon, we read about Anna, and we're told that Anna, this is her father, this is her tribe, this is how old she is. We've, we're given none of that information about Simeon here. So we see that Simeon is enlightened by the Holy Spirit, and he is functioning as the high priest. He's blessing Elohim, and he's blessing men, and he has the privilege of taking up the Savior in his arms and blessing the Savior and his parents. So this is what the Holy Spirit was doing in me, taking these scriptures and enlightening them. Now, what's the purpose of that? Well, the Holy Spirit is saying to me and to you, Yeshua is a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. What did Yeshua come doing? Yeshua, as he walked the earth, was blessing Elohim and blessing men. You know, read, read um, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, beginning with verse 1 through about verse 11. These are blessings. We see Yeshua coming with a high priestly calling and a high priestly anointing to bless Elohim and bless men. That's, that's our call. We're called to be kings and priests like Melchizedek. We're to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So he's called us to have this Holy Spirit and to walk the earth, blessing Elohim, praising, worshiping, thanking, and blessing men, letting the Spirit flow through us, through other men. What a great revelation from, and a great exhortation and encouragement and reminder from the Holy Spirit. Just this past week, uh, it's the voice of Yeshua uh, working in my life. Now, I want to go back a few years into my life. I'm, I'm just illustrating to you f from examples from the scriptures in my life uh, about the voice of our shepherd, hearing the voice of Yeshua, and how the Holy Spirit will speak to us through the Word, through the written Word, through the Bible, the importance of being in the Word and being in the Word every day and knowing the Word. When I was in college, and I'm not going to tell you how many years ago that was, but it was a lot of years ago, I was attending uh, a church and <clears throat> would go every Sunday morning. And at the time, I was in my early 20s. Up until that time in my life, I was afraid of death. I had a, I had a terrible fear of death. Now, I knew Yeshua. My sins were forgiven. I knew that I was going, for he going to heaven. But there's, there was this irrational fear of death and dying. And in fact, the, the, um, the enemy of our soul, the devil, he had sown seeds in me, probably from the time I was born, with regard to fear and the fear of death. I remember when I was four and five and six years old, having these nightmares, terrible nightmares. And some of these nightmares involved snakes. 
and others of these nightmares I I can't even really describe but it was darkness and it was doom and it was gloom and and there was a, an oppression in these dreams I, you know, I was I was four five and six years old maybe even younger than that and I would wake up screaming and I realize now that what what these nightmares were it, I was seeing death and it was fear and the enemy was sowing seeds in my little brain like my little soul that were producing you know so now I'm in I've been through high school I'm in college I've got my whole life ahead of me and things were going well but there was this thing in me it was the fear of death well one Sunday morning uh, the pastor was preaching on Philippians 1 and I want to read this to you. And I'm not sure why the pastor chose to preach on that day. I, I know that it was a Lutheran church, and in Lutheran churches they have a gospel reading, an Old Testament reading, and a epistle reading every week. And so I'm confident that he chose to preach on the epistle lesson or reading from that week. And this is what it says in uh, Philippians 1. Paul is speaking here, writing, For to me, to live is Messiah, and to die is gain. That got my attention. When I, read, when I heard that read from the pulpit, I'm thinking, how can this man say that? How can a man, I'm so afraid of death, he says, for me to live is Messiah, to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what shall I choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard pressed, pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Messiah, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Paul has an attitude about death that I don't have about death. Paul says, I want to die because it means I will be with Messiah. He says, for me to live as Messiah, but to die is gain. It's better. Well, I sat there. I continued. The you know, pastor was t talking about this. He's talking about the very issue that's deep in my soul that I have a fear about. And he's giving a testimony and he's He's talking about the scriptures, and suddenly something left my body. The Holy Spirit took those words that the pastor was preaching. He came over me, and he delivered me. What left my body was that fear of death, what that demon or whatever it was, that seed, that plant that had been growing, whatever that was, it was gone. From that day forward, I've not been afraid of death. In fact, I began to say I'd rather be in heaven. I, I was given the attitude that Paul has. For me to live as Messiah, to die is gain. I desire to depart and be with Messiah, but for the sake of Father's purpose for me on this earth, for the sake of sharing the gospel with others, I know that I will remain on this earth. These are all examples that I'm sharing with you to show you that the Holy that that our shepherd, Yeshua, through his Holy Spirit, enlightens the scriptures. Using the scriptures will set us free, give us new attitudes, give us direction in life, show us 
the proper attitudes to have. That day in that church, as that pastor preached on Philippians 1, a door was opened for me to understanding. These scriptures are not just ancient writings. They're alive. They're alive today. They're important. And our, our shepherd, through his spirit, teaches us, directs us, guides us, encourages us, exhorts us through these scriptures. Hallelujah. So let me just close with one more example of this, how the Holy Spirit has done this in my life. I do a lot of prayer walking. And from time to time, out prayer walking, I've seen angels. I'll see a bright light, the glory of an angel. I'll see a vision. I'll actually, after the fact, see what the angels had done as I was walking and praying. Well, here's a couple of scriptures that relate to that. And through these scriptures through the years, the Holy Spirit has taught me and really imparted into me faith that when I speak, the angels do what I say. Now, I'm not saying that I command angels. I'm saying that I'm working with angels. And let me share these scriptures with you. Psalm 103, 19 and 20. It says, The angels of Elohim are mighty. The angels of Elohim bless Elohim. The angels of Elohim take heed to the word and perform it. Taking heed means they hear a word, and when they hear it, they perform it. They do it. Joel 2.11 says this, Jehovah sends out his voice ahead of his army. Mighty is the one who executes his word. Now, according to Psalm 103, these mighty ones are angels. So, Jehovah sends out his voice, his word goes out, and the mighty ones, the angels, perform it. They execute his word, his voice. That's a concept. Joel 2.11, Psalm 103.19, when Jehovah speaks, the angels do what he says. Pretty clear. Then it says in 1 Peter 4.11, if anyone, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of Elohim. Now, that's putting this down on planet earth. This is saying, when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm speaking in the spirit of Yeshua, it is the very oracles of Elohim. Now, in 1 John 2, it says, there are three who agree in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. There are three who agree on the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. That's us. We're water and blood filled with the Holy Spirit. We agree with heaven. So when we speak the word of Elohim on the earth, it is his voice on the earth. Now, this might be the scriptures when we read them. It might be preaching. It might be prophecy. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1, it says, Though I speak in the tongues of men and of angels. Well, what's that? Well, when I'm speaking in the Spirit, I'm speaking heavenly words. Angels understand it. Sometimes when we're praying in tongues, there's, there's nobody else around. There doesn't, there doesn't need to be an interpretation. I'm speaking languages that angels understand. That's 1 Corinthians 13.1. In 1 Corinthians 14.2, it says, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. He speaks to God, for in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. So we see this very gift of tongues that comes from our shepherd Yeshua through his Holy Spirit 
We're speaking to angels. We're speaking to, to Elohim. We're speaking mysteries. And according to those other scriptures I shared with you, the angels hear that, they take heed to it, and they perform it. Now, I go out prayer walking with a much higher level of confidence because I know when the Holy Spirit is speaking through me, I may not understand what I'm saying. I'm praying in tongues, and the angels understand it. I'm speaking in the, the language of angels. Elohim understands it, and they take heed to that word, and they perform it as I go, as I walk and pray. And you can do this wherever you're praying. You don't have to be a prayer walker. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I've been doing this now for a number of years, and I've been quoting these scriptures and telling people this is what happens. Again, I'm not saying I'm some super Christian who I've got a legion of angels that I command to do what I want them to do. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the Spirit speaks through me, the shepherd speaks through me, and then the angels do what God is saying, what Elohim is saying through me. I'm simply this channel, I'm this voice of Elohim on the earth. Well, there was one lady named Sue who who had has been her and her husband Pat have been with me several times in our prayer walks and prayer assignments. And she's heard me say things and do things and walk in this confidence and quote these scriptures and Sue said to me one day she said, "You really believe this? You really believe angels do what you say?" I'm going to have to look into this. I'm going to have to look up these scriptures and see for myself. What Sue was seeing was the operation of the Holy Spirit. She was seeing our shepherd operating through me. And it opened a door for her. It opened a door for her to believe and to seek and to investigate. And obviously she wanted to come to a place where she was a person who would speak and the angels would do what the Lord had said through her. And I just share that with you to say this, uh, pursue, seek, ask, knock, don't give up. Continue to ask the shepherd to speak to you and guide you and continue to be in the scriptures. What I just read to you were five different verses relating to angels and the authority that we have and how we speak for Jehovah in the earth. Let the Holy Spirit guide you through the scriptures and enlighten you and teach you. You know, Yeshua said this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. This is Yeshua's spirit that he's given us on planet earth. Let him bless you. Let him guide you. Let him enlighten you. Let him teach you. Now receive this blessing. Jehovah bless you and keep you. Jehovah make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Jehovah lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom.